Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Stephen Biggins, Managing Director of Core Lithium. Uh, the release of our feasibility studies this week um, confirms that Core Lithium um, is construction ready to build a low-risk, long-term, high-quality lithium project in Northern Australia um, with excellent economics, um, low capex, and very competitive operating costs. Stephen, welcome back. I haven't seen you since May, uh, but obviously uh, the results of the uh, DFS came out today. I think people have... Pleasing result, I think, judging by the uh, the stock market. Is that the reception you got? Yeah, we've had an excellent uh, response to um, the sort of presentations that we've given and, and the, the quality of the information that's in our feasibility study. Um, I think, for, you know, first and foremost, it shows that we are construction ready. We've got a fully approved lithium project. Um, there's DFS out now. We're, we're ready to finance the project. Um, and the project has excellent economics you know, low capex, competitive operating costs, and excellent return. Okay, well, let's get through some of the numbers in a second just to kind of highlight those. But the, the big question it needed to answer, I get, for the market was about, are you going to be able to get this thing financed? And if so, what does that mm-hmm. look like? Again, is was that the pushback that you were getting when you were sort of talking people through the numbers today? Yeah, I, I think um, finance markets are really keen to support us. Um, uh, so, you know, let's not forget we've got 40 million cash in the bank right now. Uh, the capex for the project is only $89 million. Um, what we're expecting to be, you know, a significant um, sort of um, boost, a leg up on project finance will be from, from our customers. And, you know, right at this very moment, we're negotiating <clears throat> with a number of parties uh, for further offtake, but alongside those offtake would be a significant customer project finance support. Um, you know, which would then leave us with a relatively small sort of financing task um, alongside that. And really that was the key objective of completing the DFS was, was so that we could present the project now to debt finance markets. And we have a number of parties that are, that are very keen to consider uh, preparing a debt finance piece for the project as well. Right. So you, you've stated previously, certainly to us and I guess the market as well, that you're going to get this financing in place by the end of the year, or certainly that's your aim. Mm-hmm. Does today's numbers um, give you confidence that you're going to be able to get that done, or you know, or do you know a little bit more than you're currently able to say with regards to how you're going to structure this thing? I, I get the yeah. you've got partners, but what does that mean? Well, I think what what the excellent economics of the project show and the low capex is that we have a bunch of financing options that that, I, that open up to us. Um, so you, we, I, I, don't, I don't see there's any risk that we'll finance the project. It's just we've got great alternatives um, to compare to you know, provide the right uh, you know, cost of capital and the right um, you know, sort of risk profile to that to, to that finance. Um, you know, f- financial markets are open. They're keen to support us. Uh, our customers are keen to support us to get in, into production. Yeah, and we're at the right place and the right time with this project to, for, for that to, to work successfully. But, time, but timing-wise, because, you know, that, like I say, it, I think that this, this is the long pole in the tent for everyone. It's like timing-wise. You said by the end of the year. Are you going to get it done by the end of the year? Mm, yes. Yep. So we're um, putting our contracts in place right now. Um, we signed up a power supply connection agreement um, a couple of weeks ago. We're working on our mining agreement right now. We've got EPC agreement, which we're working on right now. 
Uh, we're recruiting, we're putting in our organisational systems in place. Um, so yes, yeah, yeah, we're, we're as an organisation being construction ready. The DFS you know, puts out the economics, um, the engineering, the engineering and, and mining engineering in place. Um, as I said, you know, we now have debt finance opportunities. We have customer finance opportunities. We have equity market finance opportunities. And the, and the finance piece for the project, giving it 39 million capex, we've got $40 million cash already, it's not going to be a difficult task. Okay. Um, a couple of the things that you needed to get over, we said you'd get over, you know, certainly by the end of 2022, was obviously resource increase and extending the life of mine. Currently eight years-ish. You want to get it 10 years plus, because I think that's another thing mm-hmm. the market is looking for, um, you know, yep. so... How how are you going to do do that? I spend money to do that and get this financing underway. I get the forty million bucks in the bank, and I get you've mm-hmm. got you know offtake partners, etc. But are you going to be able to allocate enough money to be able to deliver against those two targets? Increased resource, extended life of mine. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, in regards to ten year mine life, um, we've proven that with the studies this week. So. Uh, the DFS, along with the uh, extension scoping study, shows that we've got a 10-year life of mine. It's there, it's clear, it's in black and white. Um, and really what we're now doing is investing actively into resource drilling alongside an acquisition that we made earlier this year to expand our resources and life of mine in the project. Um, you know, we've got three rigs on site right now. We're investing into that process. Um, and you know we're we're, re- we're really confident based on the fact that we've defined already an expiration target of of ten to sixteen million tons. Um, that in about fifteen months' time from where we are, we'll be more than doubling our resources and life of mine of the project. Okay, fantastic. So, to, why don't you kind of remind us the, the the some of the numbers that came out of that? Obviously, you've gone from eight years to ten years. You've mm-hmm. gone from seven point four million tons to nine point eight million tons. Um, operating costs have gone up marginally um but what, what else should we be looking at i guess the capex staying the same yeah yeah you know, i would say look the, the capex you know 89 million that's come in as 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 we said it would um it's low um that sets us up for an extra sort of return on investment of, of over 50 percent um our, our cash operating costs are uh, 364 us uh, a ton the life of mine um uh, and, you know, we've actually been a little bit more transparent than probably the, 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 the market to date, you know, sort of the peers to date in, you know, showing our all sustaining costs, you know, which are in the low 400s and they, you know, still has, you know, huge margins on, on where the lithium price is forecast to be and even larger margins based on where the spot price is right now. So where do you think you need to get this thing through to NPV eight of circa, you know, 260 million RZ is, 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 is a good start, but you know, how much bigger does this resource need to get to you know, become a sort of meaningful producer? Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is meaningful. So um, the, the project will be producing uh, close to 200,000 tonnes per annum. Um, and if you look at um, you know, Galaxy's production from last year and you look at Pilbara's production from last year, uh, both those guys didn't produce 200,000 tonnes. So, yeah, it's directly comparable to the other Australian producers in regards to production. Um, our, our production, you know, will contribute something like, you know, ten uh, percent of, um, of of Australia's current production when we're in when we're when we're when we're going. Um, it's uh, you know we're, we're we're well placed 
to uh, you know to move this place to move this project into production right now. So, but do you think do you want to compare yourself to Australian players? I mean, do, I mean, what, what ambition do you have? Because one of the other targets you set yourself was you know M and A, for instance. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we've certainly um, you know, made that uh, acquisition move um, you know, a few months ago. That's paying off now with a with an hour expiration target. We're drilling you know, on that that acquisition ground right now. Um, and what the aim there is, Matthew, is is to position ourselves, lay the foundation for expansion of production from the project in the future. Um, you know, based on you know, us looking to leverage the asset that we have and and you know, extract its full value, we're also responding really to to the, the messages we're getting directly from the market. So, you know, we we we've, you know we could probably sell a product um, you know that we're looking to produce you know four, five, six times over based on the level of demand we're receiving. Um, so we're listening to that, um, and so we're investing now into that drilling to lay the foundation for us to look at doubling capacity of the project. Um, in 2024. I mean, let's just talk about that because we, we had on the Lithium show um, earlier this week, we had lots of conversations around M&A. It's a lot of, you know, obviously gang thing, buying up a few companies and it gives us a sense of the, the multiples that are being achieved or the, the, the premiums that are being achieved by some of these companies. Um, you, obviously, first things first, you've got to get this thing funded and into production is a, is a good start. But in terms of the conversations that you're having in the market with OEMs and, and, and other off-takers. I know you've got 40% of your off-takers already, you know, uh, you know, in, in terms of a contract, you've got that in place. But what are, who else is approaching you? When you say you could have sold it four or five times more, is there mm. is it starting to get a little bit heated out there, a little bit more interesting? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the lithium battery supply chain is concerned um, that it can't get access to enough spodumene going forward. Um, and that's not even talking about for the market right now, which is which is uh, you know really acute. Um, you know, so there was you know quite strong bidding for you know shipments coming at the last shipment coming out of Australia. Um, and I, I'm not sure if you've heard, but the the last shipment that went out of Australia is, was priced over a thousand dollars US ton, FIB, right? So so the market is tight. Um, and you know we've developed some good relationships, you know, with um, you know with obviously with with Yahweh as a foundation cost, customer, but there there are other sort of converters um, in, in China, but even further down the supply chain, cathode manufacturers, um, you know, battery manufacturers, and and the OEMs themselves. So do you and as your as your thinking changed in terms of where this goes, if you can sell it all into Asia, you'll just sell it all into Asia. There's no kind of um, premium to be got by focusing on Europe? Well, I, I think, um, you know, at this stage, all the conversion capacity, processing capacity is, is in Asia. So, um, you know, so that's the, that'll be the focus of, you know, the, the, the Australian industry as it is right now. Um, so that's certainly how we would expect to, the project to, to begin. Um, but our expectation is that as the, um, you know, the lithium battery supply chain broadens, you know, through US and, and Europe, um, and also, sort of conversion capacity expands around the globe. That that opens up the customers. But but currently, you know, we've got good relationships with our with our customers in 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 China. Okay, it's been it's been it's a funny period for lithium. You know, obviously there was all the, all the gains um, just after was the beginning of the of of the year, and it's been kind of flat trading flat and sideways since. But lithium prices continue 
on their steady march up. So, what, so what, what, what's the disconnect? Was there was there was there a case of having to backfill your valuations in, in the lithium space, or um, what, what, do you, what do you say? What, what do you feel is going on in the market at the moment? Because I don't quite get it. Yeah, is um, yeah, as we sort of probably talked about, you know, sort of eighteen months ago, was a lack of investment in new supply. Um, you know, we soldiered on, you know, we, we kept persistent with what we were doing so that the project was ready to build at this time, at the right time. Um, you know, but there, there was, you know, a significant lack of investment uh, around the globe in, in new lithium supply for the last couple of years. Um, and, and, you know, there's obviously, there's, there's producers who will look to expand production, but, um, you know, some really good work that's come out of Benchmark and, and Simon Moore's group, um, which shows that, um, and others that uh, that show that you know that, that the EV goals of of, um, you know, of sales of, of car manufacturers at this stage are more likely to be limited by lithium supply than they are by by um, you know, customer demand. Um, you know because the, the world you know the current you know it's taken decades to get to this level of, of global supply, um, but the world needs to do that eight times over in the next nine years. It's interesting, actually. So you've got a bunch, a bunch of the research uh, companies, you know, talking talking about that supply gap there. But I'm talking mm-hmm. to bankers or even CEOs of other battery commodities, going, "Oh, well, there's, there's plenty of lithium. There's loads of lithium because the big guys will just turn up the volume. It'll, mm-hmm. you know, the the market doesn't need to worry about where it can access lithium." But the reality is somewhat different because. It's a, techn- it's a technical commodity in the sense that you need technical expertise to be able to pro- process this in whatever form you, you want it. And I think that's the bit that pe- perhaps people are missing here. And that's why companies like Gangfang are walking in and buying up, uh, you know, I think we've, we've talked about three, three acquisitions they've made in the last month, well, a couple of months. Uh, it, so, so when you were talking to the brokers, when you're talking to bankers, do they have that same disconnect? Are you having to uh, get them up to speed, or are they walking in fully prepared? I, I think they're starting to recognise, and the globe's starting to recognise um, that the length of time and the difficulty needed to to establish a new mining project um, globally. Um, and you know we've been through that process persistently over the last you know, five and a half years. I mean, for example, if you look at, at uh, Rio Tinto, who have announced um, you know in the last 48 hours that they're, they're going to invest invest 2.4 billion dollars into developing their JADAR project, um, they discovered that in 2000, I think it was 2004, 2005, right? And it's not going to get in production till 2026. So that's taken 20 years, right, to, to go from that point. And yeah, you know, and billions of dollars of investment. So that's how long it takes to sort of build a good quality mining project. Um, and and I think sort of you know I get a feeling the uh, the OEMs, the auto industry, um, you know, sort of hasn't appreciated that. Um, um, but there's now you know the world's starting to wake up that you know you need to invest in those mining projects. And I think the other thing, Matthew, is that um, yeah, having a fully approved mining project in a tier one mining jurisdiction like Australia has a lot of value compared to a, an aspirational development project in other parts of the world where there might be significant social pushback and where approvals aren't in place. And, you know, there's a bit of uh, not in my backyard syndrome going on in regards to, you know, lithium projects that are looking to be developed in, in Europe and the US. Yeah, yeah we've, we've talked about a few of those. I mean, so you've been doing the rounds today. 
talking through the numbers, what's been what what are some of the um, big questions that you've had to answer that people either disconnecting what they understood or didn't understand, or you know questions about what you need to do next for them to get over the line. Yeah, well, essentially the project is is ready to build. Okay, so we've got finance finance markets that are that are keen to support us. We've got customers that um, the benefit from supporting us uh, in in building the project. Um, it's fully approved. It's ready to go. Uh, we're there at the right time. Um, it's really just about sort of implementing the plan now, Matthew. But I, I know, but that's, that's what I'm asking is like, what, what's the bit that they want to see you do? Because, you know, if you made the announcement today and they thought it was all, let's, all singing, dancing, you know, your, your stock price would have gone shooting, you know, shooting up, right? So they said, right, we've got to get into this thing. It's the next best thing. Um, what, what do they want you to do before they start piling in? What did you hear today? Mm. Mm. I, I think it's about sort of understanding the story. I, I think um, uh, we've had some really good feedback um, on the back of the, the feasibility study. Um, I think the market sort of is 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 about to get there, Matthew. Yeah, but I, I, I get, sorry to push you on this one because I, I think it's important for people at, at home to be able to go. Oh, okay, hmm. so if that thing happens, this is something I should I should you know put my money into. So which which, which is what it's all ready to go. Is it just come down to you need to come back with the, fi- the financing structure in a timely fashion? Is, 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 that, is that the moment that people should be looking for? Is that what you heard today? I, I think where I would say, where I suggest that, that the market's looking for is that as we move into production, right, is the project's further de-risked and we start to get valued as a producer. There's currently no Australian Spodumene producer on the ASX that has a market cap of less than $2 billion. Um, as we move into construction, into production, the market will start to value us on future cash flows. Um, I think currently the market's valuing producers around the globe at about 20 times EBITDA. Um, put those two numbers together, um, you know, that puts out our valuation as we, go, as be, as we become producer you know, multiples above uh, where we are now. Okay, Stephen, um, good to see you today. Um, well done on the numbers. Um, stay in touch with, let us know how you get on with that financing because I'd be keen to see that stake put firmly in, in the sand and uh, allow you to move on. Yeah, now we'll, we'll see. Well, we are very confident that'll be completed um, you know, in, in the next few months to enable us to start construction of the project by the end of this year. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, interest in supporting us in that process. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.